You're listening to The Multiplier Effect, an Endeavor podcast. If you just have money, that doesn't guarantee your growth, which is another thing that a lot of entrepreneurs, when you talk to them about their challenges, they say, well, I got all this stuff figured out. My product is great. I know exactly all the things I need to do. All I need is money. And very rarely that is the answer, right? There's usually some other challenge around there. Welcome back to The Multiplier Effect. Today, we're wrapping up Season 6, Investing in a Recession. All season, you've heard from thought leaders of the Endeavor Network discussing relevant topics related to investing and navigating business during economic downturns. I'm Sean Morris, a manager of entrepreneur experience for Endeavor Heartland. And today, I'm joined by Carlos Antakira, co-founder and CEO of Novel Capital. Novel Capital is a fintech funding platform that is breaking down the traditional growth barriers faced by today's B2B software companies. They make it easy for customers to leverage future recurring revenue for immediate access to non-dilutive capital. Carlos, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate taking the time. Um, Maybe just to kind of start out, would love to learn more about you, your background, and Novel Capital. Perfect. First, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, having me on the show. Uh, Great to connect with you uh, as well. And um, uh, yeah, to, to give you uh, you and your listeners a little bit of my background, I am originally from South America, from the highlands of Bolivia, from La Paz. I grew up and was born there. Um, you know, my dream was to to come study computer science to the U.S. I uh, had my sights set in uh, uh, coming to Miami. Um, you know, as many immigrants, because of family or friends, you end up somewhere else. I ended up in uh, Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> Uh, for the same uh, thing, I'm sure. Yeah, a little bit different. Yeah, for uh, the few of you maybe or, or many of you <laughs> that have had the chance to to stop by Topeka, Kansas, as as Sean mentioned, is that a totally different place than Miami. But uh, it worked out well for me. I was able to go to college there, uh, focus on my studies, uh, background in computer science, and then uh, early 2000s, I was able to. Uh, start uh you know with the advent of the internet uh, i was really excited about those technologies and the opportunities that it presented uh for the technology ecosystem and alongside of uh, uh two other um uh co-founders uh, i started a company called netchemia that uh, uh focused around talent management for k-12 and our goal was really to transform how school districts um uh, identified, hired, and developed the best possible teachers and administrators to really affect, uh, you know, the instruction of students. Mm-hmm. And uh, through that experience, I was able to get my, um, you know, my learnings as a, as a first-time founder and CEO, uh, you know, lots of uh, lots of good experiences, lots of challenges along the ways. Uh, and, uh, you know, eventually, um, you know, was able to have a, a successful exit and, you know, be happy to to go a little bit longer around kind of that experience or kind of what what led us to to now uh you know start novel. Yeah, no, I, I would I would love to hear kind of was it through that experience that led you to start novel? Was it something completely out of that? Would love for you to kind of dive a little bit deeper more into it. Yeah, I think one of the, uh, you know, kind of seminal experiences or moments, uh, there was, uh, you know, at the time that we uh, I think it was our third year in business and we were growing uh having some initial success uh with i think about a uh, hundred clients that we had signed school districts uh had some momentum felt that there was more opportunity mm-hmm. in the market about a million dollars in revenue you know growing 30 percent year over year which seemed very difficult at the time and and it is difficult <laughs> now yeah. that uh, you know i'm doing a, a new startup and um really 
trying to figure out, okay, so how do I grow uh, if uh, I need more capital, right? I'm mm-hmm. going for the first time to uh, to folks to to ask him, hey, where do you get capital from? And uh, obviously some folks um, send me to uh, angel investors. So had those conversations, had the opportunity to go uh, to talk to banks and pretty quickly learn that without assets, without collateral, uh, there's really not much capital that they could give you mm-hmm. as, as a startup. Um, and, uh, you know, learning kind of adjusting from, hey, what, they, what you learn on your MBA, what it should work for on paper to kind of the reality of life or what works for a large corporation where you mm-hmm. do the Harvard business case on McDonald's, right? And they do it a certain way. It doesn't <laughs> work the same way when you do your startup. Um and then, you know, yeah, yeah, doing the rounds with angel investors, you know, mm-hmm. learning how to pitch and sharing your story. And uh, at that time, there weren't a lot of uh, VCs around the Midwest. And so building a company in Kansas City in the Midwest, I think, added another level of complexity. And, and as I did the rounds, also learned that, um, you know, it makes a difference a little bit of the timing and kind of what company you're building. At that time in particular, EdTech was not very sexy and a lot of folks were looking for uh, e-commerce startups or or those types of stories. And uh, they thought EdTech was slow with RFPs, Mm. the the industry, you know, it was kind of um, hard to grow and hard to scale. And uh, it was just a difficult um, situation to try uh, to fundraise uh, in that that time and with that particular, uh, you know, story. so the, the good news, I think, was that it um, um, allowed us to focus on being disciplined around our expenses, mm-hmm. getting really good around sales and understanding what the customer wanted. And, uh, you know, we figured it out. We had to grow organically for many, many years. It made yeah. the journey longer. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, eventually we were able to to sell the company. Uh, it took 14 years only for that journey. And... Uh, um, you know, it was a successful ending. We ended up with, you know, thousands of school districts across the country that mm. still, uh, you know, years later use our software. And, uh, um, you know, the investors had a good return. Eventually, we 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 were able to attract investors from, from the West Coast uh, once we had, uh, you know, we were kind of many years into it. But mm-hmm. also because of that experience of getting that investment, I was able to see the power of when you get capital, right? How can you accelerate Eventually, we were able to grow in the last two, three years as as much as, you know, the previous eight years almost. And so that was a good data point of experience when capital comes at the right time and you understand your business, your unit economics, your customer, you can really leverage that capital. It can make mm-hmm. a big difference. And that uh, honestly was kind of the inspiration for starting Novel is uh, how can we help other entrepreneurs that are in the same situation? How can we, um, you know, help? To be honest, it, the majority of tech entrepreneurs, right, are not going to be unicorns. And so how yeah. do we help those entrepreneurs uh, that also need growth capital at the right time to 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 accomplish their mission and their goals? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and so just, I guess, for more context piece, can you really high level, like, talk through the years um, of um, at your previous venture? Like, when were you, mm-hmm. what years were you looking at capital? Then when were you required? Then when did you start Novel? Just so the context for the listeners. Yeah, yeah, as far as timeline, yeah. So, uh, yeah, our, our, our uh, you know, we started uh, my previous company, Netchemia, around 2001, uh, right? Kind of our first foray into fundraising, that was probably 2003, 2004. And then, uh, you know, we grew organically pretty much all the way to like 2012, right? So, uh, a long period of time of just uh, kind of 
going through the grind, if you mm. will. Um, but again, learning many lessons. And then uh, at that point, we got the, um, you know, the, the the investment that was able to kind of uh, propel us kind of to the next phase of, of growth at, at speed and did some acquisitions in the process as well. Got an experience through that. And 2015 is when we sold to uh, Vista Private Equity, uh, you know, well-known uh, private equity firm in the software space and, uh, you know, was able to stay there for a couple of years, really learning a lot about mm -hmm. M&A and what uh, large private equity firms like that look in for software companies, where do they value things, uh, you know, how do they pay for things. And uh, so that really informed a lot of of, of that uh, uh, decision to later start Novel. So started Novel in 2018. Uh, and, uh, you know, now we're helping entrepreneurs across the country to, to get that growth capital in a kind of, in an innovative way, uh, that most of them are not used to. Yeah. So let's, yeah, let's talk about that way. I'll, I'll just do a softball question to let you knock yeah. it out. So what's, what, uh, how is novel this different than maybe more of the traditional ways, uh, companies have gone to get capital in the past, whether it be go to the banks or whether it be through a VC. Yeah, so uh, so pretty quickly realized that right that there was that gap between uh, what a bank uh, can fund and what a VC is looking to fund, right? So uh, banks are looking for that kind of hard collateral, personal guarantees, something that a lot of early stage entrepreneurs don't have, or in the case of personal guarantees, right, uh, they feel really uh, not excited to provide when they're risking a lot already. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're not getting paid or not getting paid uh, as as much and so uh that's not ideal and then on the on the traditional vc side right vc just by the nature of the business you're looking at those home runs those companies that are going 100% plus year over year that have the likelihood to be kind of that next unicorn and so the companies that are kind of in that gap in you know sometimes we call it kind of that no man's land mm -hmm. uh, have a hard time to to identify in capital so at novel we leverage data um, so when a company comes to our platform, um, data and technology to be able to provide capital efficiently, right? So a company comes to our platform, we are able to connect their key data systems, their financing and banking system and some other systems. And then we're able to, out of that, pretty quickly uh, figure out how much capital we can provide to you. And we mm. do it in a non-dilutive manner, right? So in a way that um, is transparent, you know exactly what you're going to get at what terms, it is uh, relatively fast uh, for uh, this stage of business, right? Uh, usually within uh, 10 to 30 days, uh, we can provide capital to an entrepreneur. And then um, it's non-dilutive, so uh, you or your investors don't get diluted from an equity perspective or ownership perspective. So as you continue to build your company and grow, you're really building value that accrues to, to you and your investors. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So you more revenue based financing. That makes sense. Um, I guess then expanding out a little bit as you look at novel and the work that yeah. you guys are doing, obviously there's a lot of macro events happening in the world right now, whether it be Silicon Valley bank or most recently for us, first Republic bank collapsing, uh, the come down in VC off 2021. You're, even though you've been only been around for a few years, your business yeah. has obviously seen a lot of major events. How have those events impacted the work that you guys are doing? What are you hearing from founders? What trends are you seeing? Yeah, as you mentioned, what uh, you know, what we're doing at Novel is uh, 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 innovative and a little bit different. So, yeah. uh, especially in those uh, first couple of years, a lot of the conversations were around educating entrepreneurs about 
what is this new option and how yeah. does it work and how could it be beneficial to you as an entrepreneur? And uh, in particular with the, um, you know, SVB crisis and, and now the, the, the rest of the fallout with, with Signature Bank and First Republic now, yeah. really the conversation has uh, elevated because entrepreneurs now uh, have realized that they need to be aware of what options they have out there uh in many cases a lot of the line of credits or capital options that they had outside of vcs uh mm. either have evaporated or now um you know are much more difficult to get and so um uh, entrepreneurs kind of have raised their their heads a little bit and are trying to learn more about what other options are out there mm -hmm. their investors are also trying to help them right and either recommending things or their investors themselves are trying to get educated you know many investors one of the great things that SBB did is, is build an incredible brand uh, around the venture ecosystem. So a lot of investors, uh, their first call many times when it was something that they couldn't do and they needed debt or venture mm -hmm. debt, they would uh, call somebody at Silicon Valley Bank, right? So that option now is, is, is gone for many intents and purposes. And so they have been educating themselves and trying to find, okay, what else is out there? What other options do we recommend to our entrepreneurs? What other options make sense for us as investors? Mm -hmm. So um, we're definitely having many more conversations with other, uh, with, uh, other investors, with uh, entrepreneurs, and, uh, um, you know, for us, the the conversation is a little bit easier, but it's mm. still a lot of education and, uh, you know, trying to help as many entrepreneurs as we can. Um, the other thing that's interesting, right, this is on the on the uh, tales, if you will, of a very uh, tough 2022 from a macro element condition as interest rates have gone up. Mm. And, uh, you know, the traditional VCs have taken a little bit more of a, of a thoughtful approach of when to invest, maybe focus more on their portfolio as opposed to new deals. Mm. Um, and so I think the, the overall landscape for early stage entrepreneurs that need capital has become more challenging, right? And uh, mm. um, given that uh, there might be a possible recession in the horizon, that's not looking like it's going to change anytime soon. So um, I think it's, uh, it's just a, an interesting time for us at Novel is that very exciting uh, opportunity in a way, in the sense that I think it gives us a great opportunity to work uh, with a larger number of entrepreneurs. But um, yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit challenging, I think, for the earliest stage entrepreneur in the near term. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, in the more downturn, it sounds like you guys are more positioned to take advantage of those kind of markets and should ideally see more demand from founders looking for other options out there. Um, so that's a great place, I guess, to be in for you all. Um, I would love to hear a couple things from you. Yeah. First question would just be around, as a founder, when do I come to you? What, what kind, what's the profile that you guys are looking for? I would love yeah. to understand those details a little bit more. Yeah, at a high level, right, we're uh, looking for entrepreneurs that have at least uh, $500,000 in revenue all the way to, uh, you know, 20 millions, probably this the sweet spot for us. Of, re um, of recurring? Of uh, of total revenue. Okay. Right? Uh, yeah, the more of that that you have recurring, usually the uh, more capital we can provide. Yeah. As a general rule of thumb, um, you know, up to 40% of your total revenue is what we can provide. So again, the more recurring of that as a percentage that you have, uh, the higher uh, the amount of capital that we can provide. Um, a couple of other kind of more qualitative data points that are getting good to good to think about is uh, 
you know, it really helps if, especially when you're kind of at the at the at the lower end of that revenue scale, uh, that you understand your customer well, that you have some diversity of of customers, so you don't have kind of one or two single contracts that make up your revenue, and that also you you feel that you really understand your business unit economics, so you can mm. take advantage of that capital and get a return on investment, right? So, uh, from that perspective, we try to be thoughtful and empathetic with the entrepreneur. In many cases, that means letting the entrepreneur know that right now our capital or in some cases many other types of, of capital don't make sense for them because it's going to get them in a in a worse position because they are not really at a at a point in which they should try to you know accelerate um their growth through other capital and so it's uh um it, it's sometimes uh you know good conversations in which we we help the entrepreneur think okay mm. how much does it really make sense to raise or 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 how much capital do you really need to accomplish what you're trying to do um, and and hopefully in that process help them get to you know to to the best possible decision. Got it. So it's not just this. Um, they submit, they get money approved, but there's a little bit more of a dialogue to see what's the best fit for the, the company where they're at. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the things that we really run across is you know entrepreneurs that that have been trained. You know, maybe they went to an accelerator or they've read that you know a lot of the. Uh, uh, um, TechCrunch or other 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 tech publications, and they think, hey, uh, you know, I gotta raise as much money as I can, and, and naturally yeah. so because they feel that, hey, if the process is gonna take me six months, eight months of my time, and as a CEO, I'm wearing some multiple hats, I really need to get to back to running the business. I wanna get as much as I can because I don't wanna go through this process again mm -hmm. and again, right? And so, uh, yeah, if you are if you are coming with that frame of mind, it becomes very difficult to then adjust and. Uh, you know, one of the most common questions we ask entrepreneurs is, "What are you, what are you really trying to accomplish?" Not just at a high level, but fairly tactically. In many cases, one of the most common use cases that we have is entrepreneurs that need to hire a couple of salespeople. Maybe it's a, a CEO that was leading sales, and they're trying to get out of that and not trying to build a sales team so they can accelerate things because they're also getting pulled in multiple directions. Mm. And when you're trying to do that, you don't need two million dollars, right? You might mm. need. 300k 400k depending on kind of where you're at uh, the, the type of person you're trying to hire um and so it, it's about recalibrating okay so what if right now you just get 300k or 400k and then as you continue to deploy that capital and get your return on investment six months down the road eight months down the road you can get additional capital if things are working well, right? So it's another way for them not to get over levered or get ahead mm -hmm. of their skis in a way. And so um, sometimes entrepreneurs are open to that idea. Sometimes they are really focused on, you know, on on the number. Uh, yeah. And in, in many cases, you cannot blame them because, you know, media sometimes have kind of yeah. trained you, right? It's like they... Um, you can in a, in a way get rewarded for for raising a large round, right? So mm -hmm. You raise three million dollars for a million dollars. You make it in the press. You generate a million dollars of revenue. Uh, it seems like nobody cares, right? But yeah, if you really think about uh, what's building value in the business. That's that's what really makes the difference. Yeah, I mean, you guys have to do. I would assume just so much education to founders. Obviously, a few years back, it was a lot more focused around the value of doing more non dilute capital in the space. But now it's okay. You have to do less convincing there and more yeah. more educating around, okay, now that you have access to this, here's how to use it properly and not just burn your hands off of it. 
Yeah, and that's really where we see, uh, you know, kind of the, the really the mission of Novel is really helping entrepreneurs grow, right? And capital is just a tool mm-hmm. for that growth, but it's also, it's necessary, but not sufficient, right? If if you just have money, that doesn't guarantee you growth, which is another thing that a lot of entrepreneurs, when you talk to them about their challenges, they say, well, I got all this stuff figured out. My product is great. I know exactly all the things I need to do. All I need is money. Yeah. And very rarely that is the answer, right? There's usually some other challenge around there. And so it's really about helping the entrepreneur kind of come into that conclusion. So, so at Novel, we see is how do we provide the right financial products, but also the right data and insights. So as an early stage entrepreneur, especially if you're a first time founder that hasn't gone through that process, how can you... Um, make the best decisions for your company because some of those decisions, especially around capital, are gonna uh, you know make a big difference in future years, right? If you um, just forget about getting over levered with debt, but uh, if if you give up too much of your company in terms of equity because you raised too much mm-hmm. too early, then you might find yourself you know five years later that you own such a small portion of the company yeah. that really uh, you are building value for a bunch of other people by you, right? And so. Um, there's definitely consequences that you got to think about. And so thinking about that capital strategy early uh, is important. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's a really good piece of advice. I think we, in the position we're at Endeavor, we talked to a lot of founders and unfortunately run into some that uh, just don't have that in mind that they get in and then give up equity um, pretty quickly. And all of a sudden they have a business that's growing and scaling, but they own very little of it. So good, good to get out in front of it. Um, that's, that's really great. Uh, I'd love wh- one other thing I'd love to hear from you then would just be because I think I saw on your we- guys' website you've deployed forty million dollars, hundred plus companies, customers that you serve. What's a success story that you're proud of? Uh, there's there's quite a few, but I, but I, I think it's yeah, it's those entrepreneurs that that you get involved early. Uh, we have a couple now that again, uh, one of the earlier uh, entrepreneurs that we that we helped. The one was uh, in New York. Um, a, a second time founder was just getting started and kind of getting uh, trying to build their sales team, and uh, but was very thoughtful about it. He wanted you know just uh, I think it was like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, right? It's mm-hmm. very precise. I just need two two people for my sales team. Here's exactly what I need, and. Uh, he got that money. He executed. Then he came back for another hundred thousand, um, and and then uh, he did a good job executing for I think it was like twelve to eighteen months, probably that period, and also got the benefit of for his business of COVID. Uh, that there was a technology that really helped do doing things remote for large companies uh, on the marketing side, mm-hmm. and was really able to kind of explode. Um, and uh, was able to raise a, a large twenty million dollar round, I think, wow. around uh, in in the you know middle of the pandemic, and just you know took off. So, kind of a couple of well placed uh, kind of capital deployments. He showed patience, uh, but at the time where you know it was time to accelerate, he was able to do that. So that to me is kind of one of those great stories. Uh, uh, and then. Uh, we have uh, also a, a, an uh, edtech company in um, uh, the Chicagoland area that uh, a, a, a female founder that was, uh, you know, super, I'll be kind of say kind of the opposite. She was very aggressive. She wanted to get 
larger amount of capital, but but mm. she was very determined and she knew what she was uh what she was doing, uh, was able to deploy the capital again. Um benefited from COVID with uh with remote resources needed by school districts and uh you know has had a a, a fantastic uh growth spur uh, I think raised a very large B round by now and uh I think it's uh you know one of the better known uh at the companies now in the space uh so so I think you know it's kind of uh, to me to me those two stories align with entrepreneurs that understood how to use the right tool at the right time right mm. so we don't think that banking products are bad or VC yeah. is bad. It's about really using the right tool at the right time to give you that leverage. Um, and um, at that time, we were the right tool. And, and hopefully for many entrepreneurs for a period of time where the, the tool that helped them kind of achieve those uh, those bigger milestones. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love how you describe it there. It's like, and you've done it through this entire conversation. But again, you guys are you guys are a tool one of many tools to to be used and to be deployed um, through the life cycle um, of a company. And there's yeah. times to use that and times to use different tools. And so just learning, ha having that understanding is uh, very important. So I like, I like how you summed that up. Yeah. Um, and then I, I guess we talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago uh, off, off record, but what's next yeah. for you guys? How do you see yourself evolving over the next couple of years? Yeah, we see, I think, just really a, a great opportunity with more um, early stage entrepreneurs and generally, I think, kind of a B2B on the fintech side evolving, right? For a few years, uh, we had, I think, uh, a little bit of a revolution on the personal side of finance mm -hmm. with new tools coming on, with things going to mobile. And I think um, entrepreneurs and other business owners have noticed that on their personal lives and saying, hey, why can I have similar tools for my business? Mm -hmm. And so I think they're kind of pushing a little bit the the, the technology uh, with AI and some other tools. I think that's accelerating and the access of data, uh, things are accelerating there. And I think there are more opportunities uh, for entrepreneurs uh, and other business owners to leverage those, those uh, fintech tools. So we, we really want to be at the core of helping those tech entrepreneurs with uh, data-driven capital products and insights that can help them grow their business. And so we're looking at uh, other areas in which we can help entrepreneurs and continue to expand, uh, uh, you know, helping the current entrepreneurs that we work with uh, right now around that, uh, around that mission. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And just kind of one more question that made me think yeah. of. In your kind of success story example, you mentioned a founder out of New York. Obviously, yeah. you're based out of the Midwest. As you look at your customer distribution yeah. geographically, do you see it, see customers in certain pockets of the U.S.? Is it pretty spread out? What, what do you see from that kind of high yeah. level look? I, it, it, it generally spread out. I think, uh, uh, you know, being here in Kansas City, we're uh, always surprised how many folks we get from the coast where it appears yeah. that, you know, there's all kinds of capital uh, and uh, not only in amount, but also in diversity of of, of, of types. Uh, but, you know, we're constantly getting entrepreneurs from the coast, but we definitely have a special place for, uh, to help entrepreneurs around the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, we just uh, launched a partnership with the Generator which is oh, you know cool. an accelerator yeah. that that's in the area, and so so super excited about that. Um, yeah, so so diversity, I think, kind of geographically. The other thing that we're excited, I think, because of our approach, which is uh, you know kind of data first, right? I like yeah. your traditional VC approaching, which is a uh, who do you know who gets you the introduction, who gets you in the door, and if you are not in the right circles, 
uh, or or you have difficulty uh, yeah. getting people in the right circles, it's very difficult to get in for many entrepreneurs. Um, we are getting data first and almost kind of looking at the performance of the business uh, ahead of looking specifically at the entrepreneur, right? At the mm-hmm. individual. And so because of that, um, you know, we have uh, 40 plus percent of our, uh, of the CEOs that we work with right now are, uh, you know, minority or, or, or oh, wow. women owned, uh, you know, uh, companies. And so, um, it, you know, I wish I could say that that's the, the, the focus <laughs> that we had. It kind of happened by the process, but we're really excited about kind of continuing that approach, which really looks as right. It's like at the beginning, I'm just looking at the performance of your business. Mm. I don't care. You know uh, what you look like, what color your skin is, how tall or short you are. It just it's, if it's performing, right? I want to uh, you know we want to work with you, and so um, that that provides that data provides a, a, a level of uh, uh, really um, e- equality on the process that uh, that I think uh, we're uh, uh, excited about. Yeah, no, that's forty percent. That's an unbelievable achievement. I mean, we uh, from the Endeavor like Heartland office. Yeah. Uh, minority women founders, yeah. there's so few of them here. Uh, and those that are here, um, capital is um, a major concern. So it's really amazing that you guys can be, you guys are addressing that gap in the market because um, it's very, very needed. Uh, yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, so as we wrap up, we have a few Endeavor segments we say at the end of the podcast. Uh, so kind of the first piece is our call me crazy moment. So the founder Endeavor, Linda Rotenberg, has always said, call me crazy, crazy is a compliment. So I'd like to ask each guest on our show, what has been your call me crazy moment? Yeah, but I feel like I had so so many almost like a, <laughs> a, a lot of people would say that starting a, a, another startup, you know, just would qualify for that. But uh, more specifically, I think there, there was a time on my first company, uh, I had the fortune to, to have uh, many... Uh, many mentors along the way that were super helpful. Uh, mm-hmm. And one of the organizations that was involved relatively early was a program here in Kansas City called the Hellsberg Mentorship Program. And uh, there was a time in which uh, we were in a difficult situation. We were about to run out of cash. I think we had less than three months of cash. And I got together a few of my mentors. And, and one of the, 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 the mentors there was actually... Uh, um, Mr. Hillsberg that the program was, was oh, wow. yeah. after that, uh, you know, used to be in the, in the jewelry business for, for many years. And, uh, his, his initial take was right. Um, uh, Hey, you just gotta cut personnel. You gotta make the tough decisions and reduce your expenses, you know, stretch mm-hmm. your, stretch your runway. And, um, uh, because if, if you don't, if you don't survive, you, you, you don't, right. You, you don't have yeah. options after that. Yep. Uh, and at that point, uh, uh, and, and maybe going al- alongside my my own recommendation to entrepreneurs, which is you know make the tough decisions early. Uh, at that point, we decided to kind of bet on ourselves. And uh, as a as a, a co-founder team, we said, "Hey, we're gonna bet on our team, um, and we're gonna cut our own salaries uh, for the next three months or four months or however long it takes." At that point. And in the meantime, we're gonna ramp up the revenue. And if in the next, you know, two months we don't kind of pull the nose of the plane up, mm-hmm. then then we'll have to make some really really tough decisions. And wow. um, I, many of the mentors said, "Hey, that sounds like a crazy thing to do." <laughs> like, you know, uh, and uh, we, you know, we decided to follow through with it. But that really kind of put a, you know, 
put a, an emphasis on us and for the next 30 days we were yeah. trying to go crazy about closing business right and and it really put that focus we were able to do that uh, a couple of uh, you know we had a couple of breaks our way and uh, you know we were able to uh, uh, to continue moving forward uh, but that definitely uh, was a, a, a tough moment and yeah a little a little crazy looking back with the, just a few weeks of, of runway to to make that decision Gosh, that's amazing. I would also probably say uh, some people would think you're crazy moving instead of choosing to go to Miami, going to the Midwest. Well, yeah, that. <laughs> uh, and then a few rapid fire questions uh, yeah. that our listeners want to know about our guests. So the first one being name a company and CEO that most inspires you. Uh, um, there's there's a few there as well, but I'd say one that comes to mind recently is I think uh uh, the, the late Tony Shea, I always appreciated his approach at, at Zappos, the, the yeah. focus on 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 customer and, and the culture geared towards the customer. And just recently, I think at our, you know, kind of growing company, we have a lot of uh, young folks uh, that are either just graduated from college or, you know, their, their first uh, uh, startup job. And uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I find myself kind of reiterating that that mantra of, you know, make the decisions uh, as if you were the customer or in favor of the customer. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, we try to go kind of what uh, might be more efficient for us or might be a little bit easier for us. But uh, if you put that focus constantly on the customer, you make the decisions from a product perspective, from a company perspective, and you focus the culture that way. Uh, in my experience, you know, in, the, in those moments, it might be a little harder because you have to do a little bit extra work. You have mm -hmm. to make that extra phone call. You have to do the extra thing for the customer. Uh, that sometimes it's uh, when you're uh, strained for resources, you want to take the shortcut, yeah. but uh, you just got to keep the focus on that too. Um, in, the, in the long term, it pays off. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, obviously, trust is important. Developing trust with customers is important for any business, but I feel like with your guys' business, especially, yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. it is hyper, hyper crucial yeah. to nail it. Don't don't want to take shortcuts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then what are you reading or listening to right now? Yeah, one of my uh, all-time favorites, and I'm rereading, is the the hard thing about hard things. Uh, okay, the, the yeah. It seems just so relevant and so appropriate given the you know the the times we're in, uh, and uh, so I, I I dusted that off from from the collection and and <laughs> going through that again. So many you know uh, good uh, uh, bits of information and things that kind of make you just rethink. Uh, and and I'm sharing it actually with the rest of my executive team because I say hey. It's good for everybody to, to to read this. Yeah, that book keeps coming up in my interactions with people. I need to just bite the bullet and read it. Uh, yeah. Maybe you'll be the one who pushes me to do it. No, and then what, you, you won't regret it. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. And then what's some of the best business advice you've ever received? Um, I, I think uh, uh, just, you know, building a startup is tough. And uh, uh, most of the time, it feels like you're kind of going through the mud or, or fighting the fires. Uh, and, and for me personally, uh, uh, because I'm always looking at the next thing, uh, mm -hmm. I remember a mentor that said, hey, you know, you get those few moments uh, where there's kind of like success or accomplishments amongst mm -hmm. kind of all the busyness and all the hard work. Just remember to to celebrate those, right? And uh, we had a, a a great month this last month, uh, you know, in in many ways, uh, one of our busiest months, uh, but also accomplished a lot of goals. And uh, you know, I had to just kind of pause and say, hey, you know, let's do a happy hour, let's do something to yeah. kind of get the team around that. 
because some 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 of those things can be fleeting, right? Is you have a good month and then the next two months can be really tough and it feels like you're not making any progress. So so just uh, yeah, uh, I think for um, especially as a CEO as well, uh, you know, it's good kind of for your sanity to remember all the hard work, all the things that you are doing with you and your team, uh, you know, there's the, there's those uh, moments of payoff. Yeah, no, for sure. And then Carlos, where can we find you online or Novel Capital online? Yeah, I definitely feel uh, if uh, anybody wants to reach out, uh, find me via LinkedIn, uh, uh, Carlos Santequera, uh, or, um, you know, when I connect with, with Novel Capital, uh, novelcapital.com, um, you know, be happy to help any way uh, we can directly as a business, or uh, if I can help you personally, um, do my best to do that. Perfect. Well, thanks, Carlos. I know you're extremely busy. <laughs> you have a lot going on right now, so I appreciate you taking the time and just sharing a little about Novel Capital. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Sean, for the time and thanks for the opportunity.